What's up, guys? Welcome to the Social Bamboo Podcast, teaching only the fastest and most sustainable social media growth strategies out there. I'm your host, Derek Fidel, and on today's episode, we are talking about some things about picking your niche that I have not heard people talking about out there. Every time I come on the mic to talk about picking your niche, I swear I'm going to drop something that you have not heard about before because this is one of those topics that gets talked about so much and it is very important, but it also can be bad advice and it also can make people think of their target market in the completely wrong way when not given proper instruction. So very good info that we're about to cover. Get ready to take some notes. For those of you that don't follow me on Instagram already, check it out at socialbamboo underscore. I am actually out of the country right now. I'm doing my first tour of Europe. So if you'd like to see me explore Italy, Switzerland, Belgium, I'm going to the Tomorrowland EDM Festival and then wrapping up in Paris. I will be there for the next couple weeks so you can see wherever I'm at on my story and I'll still be available by DM, just might take a little bit longer. So in today's video, I'm gonna be talking about three different parts to picking a niche that I really don't see talked about that much out there that are also extremely important. First one is you don't want to niche down when your market is already small enough. So here's a, a way that you can actually check. Everyone wants like a quantitative number to know like, well, how do I know if my market is actually too small? If you are in a high ticket service consulting done for you agency work and you can supply your business off of like five to 10 clients a month and be okay, then you don't really need to worry about being too small or whatever, all right? So for services, it's a lot easier to niche down further and further and further. If you're in an e-commerce business and the product you're selling is under $100, then the general rule that I like to look at to, to size up a market is you would want your market to have at least a minimum of one account that has 1 million followers on Instagram. So I'll give you an example. I had a, an aquarium company and all the products are very cheap in this. And there's a lot of reasons why this ultimately didn't work or we at least deemed other business ventures as more worth our time. But a lot of the margins were so small and the biggest account in all of aquarium, like it seems like it would be a big niche. I, I at least thought I'd never even considered the market being too small as an option but the biggest account of all aquarium accounts was 250,000 at the time we were running the business. Maybe they're like 300,000 now. Either way, it's far from a million. And a lot of other businesses, like, like if you go in the fitness industry, how many accounts are over a million that are fitness related? Like thousands, right? So obviously that's a very big industry. Uh, but if you just look at that aspect, there I think are a lot of industries out there. I think aquarium is such a great example because pretty much all of you listening probably know someone that owns a fish tank or maybe you yourself has owned a fish tank at some point in your life. So it doesn't seem like it's that small of a market, but just with the cost of the products, it was actually very difficult to actually innovate something that the market needed or to even come in and drop ship or private label products successfully just because there weren't even that many customers to begin with uh, that were spending that much money. There's uh, saltwater Aquarius, but that was a very small uh, division of people who own aquariums and those people spend a lot of money 
Uh, but again, very, very small market. I think the biggest saltwater account I've seen is somewhere like 100,000 or maybe even like 70,000. Very small market overall. So just a good judge of if you can't fit at least that criteria of you have at least one account with a minimum of a million followers in your industry, then you can still probably make your business work or it, like it's not to rule out your business entirely, but it means you probably shouldn't be niched down any further than just your general market. Uh, another thing with your niche being too small that I see commonly is local businesses that do this. So if you're a local business and you are trying to get an online uh, income going and you are trying to sell to the entire nation uh, or to the entire world, then niching down uh, can be good for your online endeavors. When it comes to pursuing a local audience, let's take, for example, a gym who is pursuing their local audience. A gym might say, hey, our target customer is someone who is active in fitness. And you'd be right. That is your target customer, the easiest people to close. Tar uh, active in fitness and live in your area, right? But the thing is, is if you are this local gym who can only really sell memberships to people who live in your area, and you've already got a lot of the people who are super interested in fitness, they came in on their own time and signed up, and now you need to do marketing to find people outside of that, well, then your niche, essentially, or the, the target market of your marketing will have to expand just because it's already limited by you being a local business. So if you're a local business, you probably don't need to niche down nearly as much as you think, all right? That gym does not have to really uh, go for some kind of different appeal in a lot of cases. Now, if it was a gym in a major city, though, so I, I should clarify here, if you're a gym in a small town, or a medium sized town, and there's only a only a couple other gyms, you probably don't need to niche down apart from just being are you the value gym or are you the more expensive gym, right? Those are kind of like the two different categories or are you like in the middle. Uh, and, but if you're like opening up a gym in New York City, then you probably don't want to open just a regular gym at that point. You would actually want to be niched down. So most of this has to deal with uh, the size of the market in general, which can be severely limited if you're a local business just by your local area, and then also your competition. So a local business that I saw do this really well recently was a dermatologist office that was branded as like the acne specialist. Like the whole thing was like acne be gone. Like they, they probably don't even do any other treatments, although their treatments for acne are probably not that much different than your other dermatologists in that town, just because there are a lot of them and there's just enough competition. That is when niching down is great. So just know that Niching down happens when uh, the market you're in can uh, fathom you going down and still being big enough. And also there's a lot of competition. Otherwise, you don't need to do it. Okay, so those are the times that you don't need to do it. Second thing we're going to be going into for your niche is knowing that your demographics of your target customer actually really don't matter. The interests of them, their psychographics matters so much more. So for instance, I was talking to someone on the phone yesterday who is starting a business in the automotive industry. And he was telling me about how his target customer uh, are guys like 18 to 30, and uh, they, they maybe live in Miami, and they, they live in LA, and they live in these cities, and they love upgrading their car, right? And like that last part was really all his niche is though, because I asked him, who would be more of your target customer, 
uh, a woman who is 45 that, uh, you know, she loves to knit and she's got three kids, but she also loves upgrading her car or a 21 year old who's in college and then just does not care about cars at all. In this case, like, and in pretty much all cases, if they have an interest in your market, their age and uh, gender and other demographics where they live, none of that stuff really matters. If they're interested in your market, that's what matters so much more. And in the past, marketing was so much more defined by demographics because if you're doing radio ads or TV ads, the data you had was mostly what percentage of listeners you have of which age groups and where are they watching from. But nowadays, when you're running Facebook ads, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, pretty much any of these social media platforms have so much data on people that you can target by interest. So thus, it makes it very rarely are any of your markets out there um, based on gender or age. Now, it's not to say that you won't see a pattern in gender and age. Uh, perhaps you are someone who sells uh, yoga classes online and you say, well, I do have like 90% females in my classes, but it doesn't mean that your niche is females. It just means that in general, you get more of them. But if you can run ads profitably to both females and males and of all interest, because hey, all that really matters is they're interested in yoga at the end of the day and wanna do it from home, Although it seems like there's a lot of moms between 30 and 50 that play out to be our target market, right? So here's like a, another quick tip. None of your target market are moms. Like unless you sell diapers uh, or like literally a something specific to moms, like if you sell a course for moms, if you sell like a fitness program for postpartum moms, like unless it is like literally you can't even possibly sell it to them unless they're a mom, then your target market is not moms. That would just be a pattern of people that you commonly see who end up being your customers, okay? So know that there's a difference between your niche, which would be like your company website declared customer, okay? And then your targeting and patterns, which would be more of like your marketing efforts where you might say, uh, hey, it's just a lot more profitable to run Facebook ads to, to women than men because they just respond to our offer quicker. Then you could say, all right, cool. Our niche is still not men, but we'll run just ads to uh, females, and that's just something that you uh, figure out on the back end, okay? So uh, the third thing we're going to go into for choosing your niche is uh, this is the biggest thing. I probably should have started with this, this one because if you backed out of this video already, I guess you wouldn't be watching this part, but I'm, I'm just so scared of you for who, those of you who backed out of the video because this is the most important one. It is that the timing in someone's life is probably a lot more so your niche than you think. So let's go back to that gym example. If you are running marketing and you're just running it to people based off of their demographics or even based off of their interests, they're into fitness, right? So take someone like myself. I am into fitness. I've had fitness as part of my life throughout most of my life. I also have had times where I'm looking for a gym and then times where I'm not. Uh, right now, I have uh, a gym in my basement with my roommate, so we just like get all of our working out done there. I don't need a gym right now. So even though like I'm male and I'm 31 and I live in an area of mid to high level income and then I do like fitness and I follow fitness influencers, 
that still doesn't make me a qualified customer to someone who is a gym. Like, I mean, if they give me an insane deal uh, is really a lot of times how uh, you have to get uh, customers who are outside of people who are looking to buy from you at that time. You just have to give them an insane deal based off of uh, you know a time time sensitive due date to take you up on that deal. That's really what marketing is to expand your reach outside of people who are already looking for you. But a gym's real target customer that they want to make sure that they're getting are also people looking for a gym, regardless of anything else, like the ones who are looking for a gym. So if your marketing efforts wouldn't start with, if someone Googles Denver gym, we should probably come up or we need to make sure we're in Apple Maps when someone types in a gym. If you're not covering your basis of can someone find me when someone's looking for me, because there's a lot of products out there that are based off this. Not all of you, though. So don't think that this is uh, definitely something that's big for all of you. But for those of you that this is a big portion of selling your product, it needs to be considered. Another example is I worked with someone recently who was selling wallets and uh, their men's wallets. And he would put sports uh like not like sports teams, but like baseballs and footballs, like just the actual uh, balls and just, you know, gloves and uh, things about the sport on the gloves, but they weren't like branded to any sports teams. And when asked about his target market, his answers were more so people interested in leather wallet or like just like leather in general and they're males and they're this age and these would be some states where i feel like they would probably like these wallets more and then they obviously have to like baseball because there's a baseball on the wall on the wallet but none of those things are his target market more so than someone who is in the market to buy a wallet that is just typically an item that guys only own one of and they own it for years. So it's very hard to sell someone off of it unless you have a wallet that is significantly better than the one they have and you can get them to throw it away. If you're just gonna come in and be their next wallet, then even if you show to someone who loves your wallet but is a frugal purchaser, is not really looking to spend money on a high-end wallet that they don't need, if like theirs is still working, still holds their money okay, they have no problems with it, then it could be their favorite wallet ever and you still won't get a sale. But someone who is like in the market and then maybe they're not like meeting the rest of your criteria, but they're like, hey, I'm in the market. I need one right now. Uh, I just lost mine. That, that person's a little bit easier to sell to just because it, it is that type of product. And a lot of you are like that. Most of you are like that. Even me as someone who sells like Instagram ads consulting, someone that's not really looking to run Instagram ads is a lot harder for me to first convince that they should run Instagram ads and then convince them that they should work with me rather than someone who is already convinced, hey, our company needs to run Instagram ads right now. And then who do we work with? It would be easier for me to design my marketing around that. Now you might be thinking, okay, even if I think, all right, Timing is probably a part of my customers or my my true niche. What does that mean? Uh, and that's where it really comes into just experience and, and wisdom in the market. But I'm just going to rattle off a few things. Uh, YouTube uh, search-based videos is often a great way to really catch people in the moment of what they're looking for. For instance, those of you who are watching this video on YouTube, there's a very strong chance you just typed in how to pick a niche or something along those lines, and then you found this video. Those of you listening on my podcast, 
a lot of you just kind of play the next episode regardless. Appreciate it. Uh, so this is valuable info to you, but it may or may not be like exactly what you needed at this time. Uh, so the search-based one here is YouTube, right? So uh, a lot of the people who come from the YouTube are often like, thank you, this is exactly what I needed because it's exactly what you searched for, right? So if I sold a course on how to pick a niche, then me having a YouTube video that comes up when someone types how to pick a niche and then you finding me is probably a very valuable marketing strategy. Another example would be with Facebook ads. So for that customer selling wallets, when we ran ads, the audience that won in the end was not the one that was the one, the people interested in sports, the interested in this, interested in that. It was just interested in wallets and then we told Facebook, we are looking for someone to buy, okay? And what that does, what the Facebook and Instagram ad algorithm does in short, is it is largely based off of this premise of, we will put your product in front of people who are actively looking to buy that product type. So uh, right now, Facebook knows that I'm looking for a hat and I just keep seeing ads from hat companies. They're like, all right, he wants a hat. You're gonna see ads from every hat company. And then, uh, once you've bought one, then we'll turn them off, right? Or maybe they keep showing, but if they see I'm not responding anymore because they can see I've already purchased, then they know that to, to chill on me. But this is largely how it works. When someone is in the market for buying something, a lot of times that thing even exists like on their to-do list. Like until I buy this thing, it's not even getting marked on my to-do list. You might even relate if you have a to-do list and you have literally buy something on it right now, right? So you're probably seeing ads from that company or it'd be good if you were. And uh, that's why a lot of targeting is based off of that. So paid advertising and running ads to uh, a goal of telling Facebook and Instagram, I'm looking to sell this product and just literally straight up telling them what you're looking to sell. Uh, they're really good at knowing who's in the market at that time. So if you have a time sensitive product, Usually doing some kind of paid ads can be necessary for, for you getting in front of them uh, when it comes to Facebook and Instagram. So those are the three points that I wanted to make. I hope you got some value today. Finding your niche is always something that is tough. So if you want to comment on the YouTube version of this video or this episode, then I'd be happy to reply back and offer any insight that I can. You can also DM me at socialbamboo underscore, and I can give you advice there. So either way, thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.